episode five of the Foul Ball Podcast. Okay, the Orioles against the Red Sox. Like I said here on the Foul Ball Podcast. So let me just start off with something really, really simple. I need to put this straight out here right away just to make it transparent for each and every single one of us. I'm going to pull up a quote that has been said by me multiple times on multiple occasions. The Sox losing is like Halloween. It's spooky. It, it really is. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse before it is getting any better. And, you know, as we turn into the month of May, getting a tiny bit worried. And, of course, you know, we still have a lot of time left. You know, we can say that all day long. But time is a luxury. And, you know, we really need to make sure we start jumping ahead right now before things really start slipping out of our hands very, very rapidly. So just recently, within the last hour or so, we finished up the series in Baltimore. And let's talk about how painful it was because it was very, very very painful. It was miserable in every sense of the word itself. So now we have the luxury of talking about every little thing. The only good, well, there were maybe a couple good things, but not many. We can probably count on one hand how many good things there were over the course of three days, over a weekend, which honestly, I don't like saying that. I'm really not a big fan I'm telling you right now that I can count on one hand how many good things that happened. I should not be telling this to to you right now. I'm like, I shouldn't. We should all be telling each other and talking to each other about the fact that we had so many great things happening right now where we shouldn't be worried about a thing in the world. But, of course, here we are on the flip side. And hopefully later in the season, it's a little bit of a different conversation and a much more pleasant conversation. But for now... It's not. So game one was on Friday. Okay, here's one good thing. We won the game 3-1. to one. Okay, the defense shut the Orioles down. Rich Hill was on the mound, only letting up run, one run, obviously. Hence the score 3-1. to one. And like I said, defense was there. Pitching, phenomenal. Fielding, phenomenal. And of course the bats made themselves relevant. So all in all, although the bats were kind of there, but not really, stuff worked out. Stuff was the stuff. Home runs were finally knocked in. Okay, they went multiple games without one home run in a game. Multiple. Like, it was just some crazy, crazy number where it was many, 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 many games. And they finally were able to knock one in which was awesome. Contributions occurred where they needed to most. Like I said, although obviously it wasn't home run central, it wasn't hit central, it wasn't run central. But you know what? The three runs that were knocked in across home plate, they were plenty, which is what needs to happen. Because we go into a game like Saturday night's game where no matter what we did, it obviously did not work out in the end. 
Because Nasty Nate was on the mound, did incredible. Nate Yavaldi was on the mound for seven innings with less than 100 pitches. I mean, that's just unheard of, especially for, for the Red Sox. That's amazing. Amazing. That's incredible. The fact that he even threw a pitch towards that sixth or seventh inning mark that was 99 miles an hour and probably had around 96 or so pitches. I mean, I could not ask for a better performance for somebody on the entirety of the roster. Nate proved himself big time. And of course, you know, he had another amazing outing. Like I said, got through seven innings with only 96, 97 pitches, which is a long time for a Red Sox pitcher, okay? It, it really is. So the fact that it happened was huge, huge. We scored one run in the first inning, okay? And I think before we start talking about more off- offensive side of things and things that happen later in the game, I think we also need to quickly mention the fact that Nate Yavaldi, Nasty Nate, as he's becoming more known as around the horn, he had eight strikeouts, three hits let up, through seven innings. Okay, and obviously, you know, we only, what happened was, once we took Nate out of the game, we went to the eighth inning, still ahead one to zero, and then the bottom of the eighth inning, Matty Backpacks, okay, Matt Barnes, threw the ball. Supposed to be known as a lights-out saver. And, of course, let up a run to tie the game. Go figure. Tied the game in the bottom of the eighth inning. Score was 1-1. Of course, Matty Backpacks, like I just said, gave up the one and only run throughout the entirety of the game. And that's when things just went downhill. So, obviously, Matt Brazier. Matt Brazier, I think, should have honestly went in the 8th and the ninth inning. Because he closed the ninth inning really strong. So why couldn't he go in the night earlier, uh, the inning earlier? So, we went into the 10th inning. Of course, the bottom, the top of the 10th inning, we could not do anything, especially with a runner already on second base to begin with. So we went into the bottom of the 8th. Saramara was our closing pitcher. Had a few guys on base for Baltimore. And what did they do? We had one out at the time. Baltimore hit a bunt. That was sent right back to Saramara, right to the pitcher. We could have... Easily gotten two outs, two outs in a heartbeat. But no. He decided to overthrow the throw. And he sent the ball over the third baseman's head. It was like, nah, we're going to lose the game. It's fun. We're already so used to it at this point. So he lost the game in the 10th inning because we decided to throw the ball over the third baseman's head. Over Rafael Deverson. So yeah, it was great. It was great. It was great. Not really. So, like I said, Brazier closed the ninth inning strong. Too bad we didn't put him in 
the eighth inning. Too bad we didn't keep him in the tenth inning. Really didn't work out for us. The Sox left eight people on base through eight innings. Eight people. And he only scored one. And then obviously lost because we gave up one to tie it and then lose. So that's that. And then that was the night that J.D. Martinez took off because of a minor, minor injury that he had. He just wanted to have one more night to make sure that he was okay and good to go. So the record after the game was 9-13. Like I said, we lost 2-1 to one after 10 innings. Not fun. Stayed up for maybe at least an hour and a half, two hours, maybe even three hours after that point. Just staring out my window, wondering of what could have been, and just kept watching rerun after rerun after rerun. So sad. So we went on to today's game, Sunday, May 1st, game three of three against the Baltimore Orioles. And guess what? I feel like. I'm a broken record where I just say things on repeat at this point just because they keep happening every day. The bats do not operate well for the Red Sox along with the defense. Shocker. Shocker. We definitely haven't heard of that one before. Definitely haven't heard me say that before. Not really. I, 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 I long for the day where I get to stop saying that. So, the Sox were losing 4-1 to through the middle of the sixth inning, and then they went into a rain delay that lasted for two and a half hours. And honestly, at that point, we should have forfeited it because you know what happened? The Orioles were up to bat with two guys on base already coming out of the rain delay. And guess what? We went from 4-1 to to 9-1. to and it just was not the answer. Valder, sorry, Val, Valdez. I could not read my hand running. Whoever he is, just get him off the team, please. Because, of course, he he went from having a lot of bad outings to even worse outings. I mean, if he's having so many bad outings as a relief pitcher, when we need to win. Why is he still playing for us? Why? Please tell me. Please. I mean, please, if you have a case for him, literally, like, find a way to communicate to me, and I would gladly talk to you about it. So, Valdez, he's a relief pitcher. Of course, after all the runs he let up, then continued to decide he wanted to have a box which preceded the runner from first base to second, which did not help his case whatsoever, because I'm pretty sure I remember that runner scoring. I mean, not good. But as a quick side note, before we proceed any further in this game, I also found out during the game that the Red Sox have lost by a walk-off run by every team in the division. Every team. The Yankees, Toronto, Baltimore, and the Rays. And they had the first team to do that since the Chicago Cubs team in 2012. 
10 years. First team in 10 years, other than the Chicago Cubs, to do that, to lose a game as a walk-off run. I mean, we don't want to be that team, and we are that team. Top of the eighth inning. Cordero, I guess another good thing that happened was Cordero had his first double as a Red Sox player. And then that inning got worse as it was. But you know what? The good thing in the eighth inning overall was that, yes, he got his first double. So huge congratulations to him. I mean, that is awesome. And he deserves all the credit in the world because he actually made a valuable contribution that could have been used but wasn't. Because right afterwards, JBJ hit a grounder. Should have been fair. But guess what? No. A door on the Orioles who is more so the second baseman, decided to run after the ball, grab it, spin around, do a crazy lob with the ball, and still have him be out. And, yeah, that's miserable. Let's just keep going with that. So if things haven't seemed crazy to you already, well, things got even crazier. You ready? Bottom of the eighth. The bottom of the eighth. Kevin Plawecki, we all know him. I love Kevin Plawecki. He was the pitcher in the bottom of the eighth inning as a relief pitcher. And guess what? He did better than literally everybody else this weekend. He got one out, he got two outs, and he got three outs. Nice and easy. As easy as that. I mean, it's like putting butter on bread. Simple as can be. And he made it look simple. Granted, he was only throwing the ball 70 miles an hour. But you know what? It worked. It worked. It worked. Then we go to the top of the ninth when we already had a guy in base. Xander Bogarts, a.k.a. Bogey, got hit in the back of the ball. So that had a guy in first and second. No, and then... So, anyway, anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on that. But we had bases loaded. J.D. Martinez gets up, finally made a massive contribution, and he hit a grand slam to make the score 95 with only one out. And, of course, we got two outs, and then we got three outs. So, some minor contributions over the weekend from some people. But still, I mean, I'm not going to go through this entire sheet of notes again. A lot of things we need to improve on. And the fact that we're the first team, like I said, in 10 years since the Chicago Cubs to lose from a walk-off run against every team in our division. I mean, that just speaks for itself right there. So, like I said, a lot of stuff to work on. I know this Monday they had the day off. And we all know very well that they need more than a day off, but... A day's a day. And we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm pretty sure we're playing the Angels here coming up. So, hope we can do something against them. So, again, I'll put up my next episode after the next series. So, hopefully, this conversation will be a better one. Until then, let's go Red Sox.